Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to episode two of AI Comic Pod. This week we're going to be talking about all things DC. Yay! Um, yay! Stu's favourite. <laughs> um, we we both felt we had a, a, a successful first outing um, with our double Marvel pod, and 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 if we didn't do DC next, you know, my head was going to explode. Yeah, head was going to explode, and we'd get some hate mail, and you know, we don't want that to happen. So, so yeah, we thought we we kind of revisit DC, um, looking at the past because we do know it's going to be a big year for DC. There's a lot coming up in the next couple of years, but we're going to talk about that in a preview pod we've got coming probably next week. So. DC, are we going to start with Batman? Yeah, seems like the the logical place to start. It was, in terms of DC films, that was my first real intro with yeah, um, 1989. It, it still stands up to me as one of the best superhero films. Some some great casting. I mean, Kim, Kim Basinger, Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson, getting genuine Hollywood royalty, especially Jack Nicholson. I think you've got to remember that as well. Like at the time, not an unknown director by any stretch, but not a director that was like huge and not as huge as he is now. Obviously, no, exactly. But not a you know Batman as a story was obviously well loved, and the TV series was extremely well loved. But that's a big budget. That's a big backing to get those kind of actors. Um, So it's it's good that they did because it certainly paid off it's yeah. an excellent 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 film probably my introduction as well into into dc as it as it kind of stands and prior to heath ledger that was what a lot of people including myself would have said was the the definitive portrayal of the joker oh yeah and, and being being second to heath ledger from from the dark knight is no there's no shame in that at all is there it's like finishing second to usain bolt <laughs> Some, sometimes there's just someone out there who does something so well you've just got to be second best and they're different as well I think that's the positive thing with always you know I think Keith Ledger's performance um, it's it's very different and the style of performance is very different but uh, Jack Nicholson was some coup for that film um, and such a you know, genuinely brilliant piece of casting and you know like I said Tim Burton just finished Beetlejuice, 98, and then, or 88, and then 89 did Batman. It was before he did Edward Cezanne's. Um, you know, it's it's a good, you know, if you don't know, you know, Tim Burton's become a little bit of a, a Marmite director for a lot of people because of some of his kind of newer work. But he was an edgy director, yeah. you know, really gritty director. And if you watch those films, especially Batman Returns, um, that kind of, it told the Gotham that we love. Do you know what I mean? Very seedy, very darkly lit, very kind of, you know, misty and 
you know, really murky and, and grimy kind of city, you know, real true city that, that Batman lives in. And I, that's what I loved about it. That's what I remember about it when I was younger. I remember thinking, A, these characters are, are incredible, um, but B, this looks so real. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And obviously that's that's the big thing with it. It's Batman, for everyone, is, is the iconic superhero. The yeah. iconic, hands down. So, um, Batman Returns again. Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Christopher Walken. Real, real A-listers doing... I think at the time, A-listers like that doing a comic book film was a little bit dangerous. It wasn't like now Robert Downey Jr. doing Iron Man. It's a lot safer to do it. Now we're in the era of comic books, but late 80s, early 90s, it, it wasn't really the done thing. No, 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 it wasn't at all. If it wasn't for those films, if it wasn't for Michael Keaton, you never know. I mean, it might not have kick-started the era that we're in now because I'm sure a lot of those actors and the directors and probably some of even some of the writers that are working on the modern stuff now, they must have been inspired by the late 80s, early 90s, maybe even going back to the late 70s, early 80s with Superman. Yeah. I mean, it it must be. It must have been an inspiration for them as well. And oh, completely. Yeah. When you when you read about directors and what inspired them, see, you know, Tim Burton is a real director's director. Do you know what I mean? He pushed boundaries. Like Nolan. Um, yeah, exactly. Like Nolan. You know, to to even consider taking him on for a big project like that when he'd only done some shorts and a couple of films and the Beetlejuice. You know, it's, it's huge project stuff. But at the time, he was the out there director you know he was the edgy director he was the one that would kind of draw big actors in and it it was it was a big money film oh huge by by 80 standards it was something like 50 million pound budget sorry 50 million dollar budget so that's huge yeah that's huge for an 80s film absolutely huge for an 80s film even an early 90s film i mean I'd, i'd really be interested to know if you adjusted that money to today's standards, what it cost and what it made, because it made just over $400 million. That must be the sort of numbers that the MCU films are pulling in. Now that's got to be sort of 700 million. If you look at eight times your budget, you look at eight times your budget, if you look at it from that perspective, then, yeah, you've got to think some of these kind of films that are costing $200 million and and making, you know... uh, you know, you've got to be making an awful lot of money to kind of make those kind of figures back. So it's it's... Quite astounding, really, cinema at the time, um, yeah. and and quite breathtaking. I I loved. I mean, Danny DeVito is quite a young. You know, I was quite young when ninety two, and I think I watched Batman Returns when I was quite young, probably under ten. Um, I think I watched. I've got a feeling I watched it in the cinema, but I don't know how because <laughs> I was only eleven. Okay, yeah, that would have been interesting. Um, but you might well have done. You never know. But, yeah. You know, but I remember, you know, I was only seven or eight when it came out, but I remember watching it at some stage. I can't ever remember specifically when this would be, but I remember Danny DeVito just knocking me off my socks, you know, knocking my socks off. He was just, it just blew me away that that was Danny DeVito. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because, it was It was quite the transformation, wasn't it? It, it really was yeah. staggering. Yeah, it was staggering. And he was just, it was just incredible piece of casting because before that you just wouldn't have even thought of him in you know in anywhere near a, a kind of villain role like that. He'd been busy doing Arnold Schwarzenegger films and you know things along those nature, and he always had that kind of edge to him because it's a slightly comedic role. Do you know what I mean? It requires yeah. a bit of comedy timing, and it's such an Obviously, out there pre- thing. This small ugly deformed little thing who spends his life surrounded by birds and bird related <laughs> paraphernalia exactly it's not the kind of thing that you would put a serious actor in no no, no it's not. brilliant it, it it's one of those pieces of casting and i can't think off the top of my head could it have been done any better i don't think so i mean I, i'm just having a quick look at some of things he's done so we did twins um, absolute Oof. classic. <laughs> yeah. Film. yeah. Um, he's done then, you know, around that era, a um, couple of other kind of smaller films. Just after Batman Returns, he goes on and does like Last Action Hero. Well, the, the last film now. he did before that was Junior. War of the Roses. 
Yeah. I remember that one getting quite yeah, a lot of press. And... Yeah, yeah. But he's not an actor you'd throw into that kind of role. And no. that's why the casting is it's just genius. You know, it's it's like we said before, it's exceptional casting. Um and Michael Keaton's he's he's a great Batman. You know He was. Up he, until Christian Bale, I thought he was the Batman. And I still think in some ways he probably is the best. But the, I think he probably is, you know, because he was the original. And I, the know, overall we, we, look, yeah, he was he was spot on. I don't, there was nothing that he didn't do well. He was convincing in the fight scenes, although the fight scenes were obviously nowhere near as choreographed as they had no. been in like the Nolan trilogy. But that's just that's the nature of film that's, from the eighties. That's, that's age. That's 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 basically what you know. Everything is now at a level that. It was never going to be at in that time of year. You know, nothing was coordinated that way. There was no kind of CGI to benefit anything. You know, they will have had stuntmen and they will have had martial arts experts and they will have had people. But the effort they go to in terms of getting training now um, and and all the work that goes into films is just much more studied. You oh, know, yeah, I mean, it, you look at people like I think was it, it might have been Chris Hemsworth yes. for Thor. He was yes. doing something like a boxer's training routine and he was training oh, yeah. like five, six times a week using heavy weights because he had to be a god. Yeah. And Christian and Bale, for the Batman roles, he put on something like 40 pounds of pure muscle. And yeah, and if you look at Christian Bale, he's naturally quite a skinny guy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, you, and you he, think he's the done films between he's done the, films the machinist. Where, yeah, I was going to say the machinist. Um, you've I don't know if you, we talked about it before, but Rescue Dawn's a really good Christian Bale film if you ever watch it, and he's a, he's on a POW camp, um, and he obviously loses a lot of weight because he's, he's he's you know uh, in Vietnam War and he's in camp for a long time, and he plays those kind of extreme skinny roles, and you, you look at the kind of effort actors go into, you know Chris Hemsworth is just on this this whale film which looks pretty terrible um but he lost a ton of weight for that if you saw his diet yeah i've to, i've seen some of the pictures of him 400 500 calories a day Oof. um you know literally just a bit of fish and some lettuce and stuff it's just insane the, you know that's the way acting's gone i think it's it pushed extremes it pushes boundaries that it probably didn't do but then you look at films like this um at the time these pushed all kind of boundaries do you know what i mean the, yeah. the scripts are excellent the action scenes are excellent, but they're they're dark, they're edgy. You yeah, know? that that's what I was just going to add in. They they were dark. They they it was yeah, Gotham the way it was supposed to be. It it was gothic. Yes. It was it was dark. The 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 streets looked a little bit murky, a little bit. It looked like it would smell. It looked like yeah. the kind of city that you'd never really want to call home if you didn't live there. But if you did live there, you'd probably love everything about it. Completely agree. I, I completely agree. And it kind of encapsulates what a US city was probably like in that period. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't clean living, you know, a lot of those big US cities. Um, even now still, you know, it, it's still quite, you know, honest portrayal of what it would have been, what it would have been in a, in a true Gotham, you know, in a true kind of style of that period of that, of that, that setting. And, and they hold up. Do you know what I mean? Films, of the 80s are obviously loved you know people love classic 80s films but they're often when you put the soundtrack and you put everything in context i'm thinking top gun um, yeah i'm thinking anything with tom cruise but put things in a certain context and they they don't look they look of that period and they look of that era but you look at late 80s 90s batman and they hold up extremely well yeah, they're, I mean, they're not you know, dated because no. before the uh, before Dark Knight Rises, yes. me and a friend of mine went back and we watched all the Batman films, and at no point does the nineteen eighty nine Batman make you go, "God, that's really eighties." No, exactly. obviously you you can tell that the CGI is fifteen twenty years older than it would be now. Fine, but you don't miss it. You're not sort of crying out for an over the top fight scene. No, it was, that's it, it exactly worked. it. Yeah, and it does work, and it works on so many levels. And I think it's kind of true filmmaking. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? When you get a quality director that immerses the actors and immerses the kind of the settings and the styles all into that way of thinking and that way of being, it's like not a lot else. And I think Tim Burton 
you know, he's done a lot of incredible films. You know, Edward Scissorhands came out between these two. And there's a lot of his more modern films that people will still love, but these these films are just exceptional. And I think if he looks at his CV and you, you look back at his film career, these are the two films that kind of probably make him. And they also make Michael Keaton, you know. Um, yeah, definitely Michael Keaton. Yeah. I mean, his career is obviously not launched the way he kind of maybe hoped. He's done a lot of good films and, and Birdman's kind of an ode to his, his superhero past and stuff. And it's nice to see him kind of, I don't know, reprise a bit of a, a sense of, you know, what, what his career had become. But, um, but he, you know, he was great in these films, yeah. like really exceptional in these films. And then sadly, everything, uh, everything started going downhill when it, Batman Forever came out. Oh, it did. Um, Which still, yeah. on, on the face of it, from a casting point of view, Val Kilmer, Tommy Lee Jones, Nicole Kidman, and then Jim Carrey. I've Jim just been. Carrey I was just is... looking. Jim Carrey was coming off the back of three slam dunk films oh, well, in Ace Ventura. Let me guess. Oh, you're going to. Oh, go on. So Ace Ventura, The Mask. No? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's two. Oh, the third one's a challenge. Um, Truman Show. Nope. Nine. Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. There you go. And but he I, was coming off three comedies. Three you know. huge, huge, huge films. Huge and then films. he followed this up with the sequel to Ace Ventura, The Cable Guy, Liar Liar, The Truman Show, Man on the Moon. So Batman Forever was in a sort of six-year period where Jim Carrey <laughs> absolutely owned cinema. He did, in his own... Way. And, and yes. in fairness, he was one of the highlights for me. He yeah. was a good Riddler because you can afford to have a very slapstick, comedy-based actor. You, you can role. as the Riddler, yeah. I mean, he looked horrific. Yeah, um, he looked stupid with the, the jumpsuit <sighs> and the hair. Uh, yeah, I think when we said the original two Batman films held up well in terms of costume and, and, and the way they looked... If you look back at this one, it just... I don't know what the hell happened. Do you know what I mean? This was out in 1995, and this looks more 80s than the two... It does. the 89 film. It does. I'm looking at pictures of it, and the the green Gary suit with the bright ginger hair, and Tommy Lee Jones' horrific... Oh, yeah. Perfect two-face. I remember saying it in one of the other pods where it looks like he's got bubblegum stuck to half of his face. It, yeah. It, it looks like he's blown a massive bubble and it's popped in half of his face. And you cannot forget the truly awful Robin. Ugh. The truly awful. Um, Utterly forgettable. I didn't even want to name him because yeah. I'm so disappointed in Chris O'Donnell. And I bet he is as well. And if he's not, he should be. I think everyone involved in this film you would hope would be would be disappointed yeah. although i've somehow seen that it got nominated for three oscars which yeah. has just taken my breath away but it it's cinematography incredible um sound and effects i maybe maybe was i think it's one of those films i daren't revisit because of how bad it was and my I, memories I of it enjoy going back to it the, the one thing just from memory the Batmobile in it was pretty cool. Yes. But yes. other than that, I'm struggling to think of anything else because Val Kilmer pouts too much to be Batman. He does. And Val Kilmer, he's a very much a Marmite kind of, you know. I, I'm not a fan. No, and I know a lot of people aren't. I have, I grew up with a bit of Val Kilmer and I had soft spots for films like Willow and. And things when you're really young so yeah. I, I kind of hold him in a little bit of light that other people don't um, but he does he, yeah I can see why he was a bad choice I mean a really bad choice and and Joel Schumacher was was not really the choice to follow up and the, know, the worst thing is I didn't, I didn't even realise that Joel Schumacher still died, uh, sorry Tim Burton still produced it wow so I didn't know that he must have been looking at this thinking what have you done to my baby? Exactly. He, he's yeah, grown exactly. this for two films, and he really did throw Batman back into the limelight. And yeah. just to go back to the Riddler, the stupidest thing about the costume was, do you remember when he, where he gets the inspiration for his costume? He sees that little machine. Oh, God, yeah. And he's wearing the classic Riddler green suit with yeah. the bowl hat. 
And that yeah. was so annoying to have seen that the common depiction of the Riddler, and then somehow you end up with Jim Carrey wearing a green jumpsuit. I'd say the only actor that probably came off these films with any ounce of credits, probably Michael Goff, who was a very good butler, very good Alfred he for, was. for all of the films. He was. He was very, very good. I'm glad you mentioned that because I'd completely yeah. forgotten. No, he's uh, you know he's an excellent British actor as well, to be honest, and um, that's kind of what he's 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 mostly known for. But he he was really good, and and you know I do remember he he did the first two, and I think he was the only one that would have probably stayed with the series. And his parts were good. I remember that, but I just I remember the action being pretty terrible. Um, I personally think it gets gets worse. Um, it gets a lot worse. I mean that might have some merits, you know be nominated for any kind of Oscar even if it's effects or even if it's noise or sound or whatever it, it does require some good level of production and editing but Batman and Robin to me not just the worst film in this kind of genre made I think it's the worst film ever made it, it's it's certainly the worst Batman film it's one of the worst films I've ever paid to see and I remember watching this when I watched it in I think I was in Florida with my mum and dad and I remember nice. getting dead excited. And I remember Oh, you would be, especially I, in the States. I was buying I remember buying a Batman figure and I, I yeah, looked yeah, at yeah. the Batman figure and I was just thinking, it doesn't quite look like Batman because I still don't understand how George Clooney got cast as Batman. That yeah. makes no dis, no sense no. to me whatsoever. No, and I'm I'm a big George Clooney fan, but it again it was it, it was his bizarre as as val kilmer in that role yeah you know it just made no sense and arnie as well we've we've got to take the piss out of arnie as mr freeze because mr freeze is one of the quintessential batman villains he is and he's normally i mean portrayed in all the games and the comic books and everything else exceptionally well he's the worst batman villain um I, i just i've ever known but poison ivy comes close in this film oh the worst one in this one was bane was there a Bane in this film? Yeah, Bane was in this one where he, they've, oh, they, they sort of bastardised the, the the Bane origin story where it's still a little scrawny guy who takes this this drug which makes oh, him Oh, I remember. But in the comics, Bane is like, Bane is a criminal mastermind and they depicted him as some kind of moron that can only grunt. He He looks like he was, God, this guy only lasted 40 years, Jeep Swenson. Uh, Antonio, San Antonio, Texas. He looks like a wrestler. Essentially, is what he looks like. He, he um, possibly was, but he looked he, like he was. No, he wearing was. His, oh, I think he was a wrestler. Oh, um, wow. So yeah, uh, and he looked like he was wearing an inflatable suit. <laughs> he just looked. They put so much effort into making him look big that he looked too big. Yeah. And then he, oh, he, it was terrible. And Bane is one of my favorite villains. Oh, he, God. Is, he is the man. He's oh. the, he broke the bat. He snapped his spine. Not just in the well, films yeah, for anyone obviously. that's not not read yes. any of the comics in the in the Nightfall saga. Bane yeah. actually breaks into Batman's lair after a, an evening of mental and psychological abuse, and he fights him and he picks him up and he snaps his back and he throws him down in in a Gotham street. And that's where the idea came from. For, just, uh, for if Batman anyone rises. wants, if anyone needs any kind of cheering up, just go and look back over some of the images of Batman and Robin. Look at the horrific suit. Bat nipples. It was one of the most. <laughs> you can sum it up just with bat nipples. It's just one of the most uncomfortable looking things I've ever seen. And George Clooney, I mean, he was obviously, you know, people think, oh, Batman, great, I can be Batman. Do you know what I mean? If you're a child and you can be a superhero, you've got to think, right, that's a great opportunity for me, just walking into this. And it's just a train wreck. It's just an absolute train wreck. It's one of the, I think it is the worst film. I think the reason it's the worst film for me is just because you have anticipation. And at that age, I was probably 13, and it would have been my prime coming into those years of, watching the X-Men TV series, watching Batman, watching Spider-Man. Yeah. And when you really start to get excited about comic books, I mean, I think it's hit a lower generation now, because I said before on the pods, my little boy is just turning five. 
these are all about comic books, essentially what my Christmas is filled with, and yours, but you're a big kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but essentially, his, his Christmas is filled with, you know, Marvel and, and a bit of DC. He loves a bit of Batman and Joker and stuff. Um, and if I, if I made him watch this, he'd just, he'd just want to be a doctor. He'd probably cry. Yeah, he'd probably cry. I don't blame him. In, in fairness, yeah. it brings me close to tears, and not even, I, not even the sight of Alicia Silverstone in oh, Batgirl suit Batgirl. can save yeah. it. And not that's saying that. something. And she was a terrible not piece of casting because she's wooden as hell. Oh, she's wooden. She was always a wooden actor, actress. She was just what she was. But it's Arnold Schwarzenegger that tops it. I, he he yeah. really does it, take the ultimate he, biscuit. He is not comfortable delivering zingers and, and funny one-liners. It doesn't work. He, he, he's never... You know, like we said, like Jim Carrey could have worked. And, and actually came off that film. Yeah, Jim Carrey's got with, really spot-on so, delivery because he's a comedic actor. Yeah, exactly. But Arnie's you an take, action guy. He's an action guy that can, at times, even in those times, barely formulate a, a strong sentence. Yeah. Um, which is a bit bold to say, but there's an element of that, especially not a comedic sentence, especially not with any kind of life and soul in it. It's it's very much a wooden delivery. Yeah. And, and actually, if you'd cast him as Bane and given him no many lines, he'd probably look that, immense. That's, you know that's I mean? probably not a bad joke. You know, at the time, if you're going to have to use him, that's it. But as it was, it was just an absolute train wreck. And I just... It, it certainly stored a lot of their careers. It probably killed Chris O'Donnell's career. Um, I, I can't remember seeing much from Chris O'Donnell between that and NCIS Los Angeles. I really can't. No, he, he literally dropped off a cliff because his career was was building up towards the, the Batman films. And that was he, quite he a big was role. quite young, wasn't he? At the time these were filmed, yeah, he, yeah. Was, he should have been, this should have been the role that catapulted him into the A-list, shouldn't it? And, and, you know, you'd be thinking about that with anyone, especially, say, in a modern film. I mean, Christian Bale's obviously had a hell of a career. But, you know, coming into these films, you'd think it's just going to launch him only one direction. They're just huge, these films. You know, it's the same with any of the kind of Marvel universes. Downey Jr.'s career is now, you know, it's not all about these films. It's, yeah. It's clearly not just about Iron Man, but there's an element where he's, He's just, he's, they're just supreme beings. Do you know what I mean? They're off camera. They almost live up to their name. They can't go on a talk show and not talk about those characters. That's how huge it's become. Um, and it was at the time, you know, the first two Batman films were huge. Like you said, the kind of the delivery in terms of the box office was massive. So to go into making these, it's just, it just went all, all, all kinds of wrong. And you look at any of the actors in it, like, and you know, none of them came out with with any kind of credit from this film. Um, and it probably killed quite a few careers. I mean, Uma's been picked up a couple of times by good directors, Tarantino in particular. I was just going to say, ta- ta- she owes a lot of it to Tarantino. But I, I just looked at Chris Tarantino O'Donnell, really, but, yeah. and um, at, at the time of Batman Forever, he was twenty five. And Batman Jesus. and Robin, he was 27. So they, these should have been the roles which absolutely catapulted oh, gotcha. him. Oh, and yeah. I think they did catapult him, but face first into a wall. Yes. And yes. looking at his filmography, he really didn't do anything of any note. He basically went straight to TV. For a lot, yeah. He went All straight to TV, TV. And bad TV as well. Most of do these you know shows I, mean? I haven't even heard of. Exactly. I remember him doing Vertical Limit which was a pretty horrific film. And then I think after that, he was literally, that was him. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's, yeah. He can't recover. I don't think he was especially a good actor in the first place, but if you look at, we're not talking much about it, but if you look at Joseph Gordon-Levitt's performance, um, and it's obviously a very different Robin. It's not the full Robin. Yeah, it's not know. the Robin. It's not the action Robin and all the rest of it. But you still look at what he could become into that role and think, Christ, yeah, that's an exciting young actor. Um, it would really make it work, and it'd probably work well with his career. I suppose being directed by Nolan with a script like that probably helps. Yeah. Um, but he's a great actor. You know, I like all the films he's generally done. Doesn't make a bad choice, and it wouldn't define his career. But at the time, some of these films, you know. Sorry, but your your career is gone, Chris O'Donnell. I mean, it, it pretty we... much, based on looking at his filmography, it took him over sort of 11, 12 years before he got anything of any note that was stable. He was in a lot of TV shows. And when so... would you ever say that? When would yeah. you have to 
if you because you are reaching like that's your key key stage as an actor hitting a big Hollywood film it's like footballers isn't it 25 to 30 that's when you've got to put your foot down and really announce yourself yeah exactly the same god and he ruined it with bat nipples (laughs) just bat nipples ruin everything It's like in, in recent seasons, it became a bit, of, a bit of a punch with Liverpool fans, isn't it? You blame everything on Brendan Rodgers. Now yes. just blame everything on bat nipples. <laughs> It'll get me out of some trouble in work. I guarantee I'll, I'll use that tomorrow and I'll report back and see, what, see what's said. I can't wait for the reaction to yeah. bat nipples in work, yeah. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I think um, if we sort of jump back a little bit and going from Batman, who I love, to Superman, who I pretty much hate. Yeah, we're funny on this. People aren't going to enjoy us talking about Superman. No, I love it, Superman. But, but, but don't boo us because it's not our fault that he's he's like the easiest character in the world to write for. <sighs> yeah, he's he's just the dullest character to write for. Him yeah, because he's so well, easy. Because he's just. You can't in if you're going right. If you're going in the superhero mindset, when you're a kid and you were thinking about what powers could you have, you know, who would you be? It's like you always were allowed to pick maybe one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're maybe two or three if you're allowed three powers, but it was usually one when you were a kid. So you. you yeah, always the, the the CD kid that picked the invisibility. Um, <laughs> I'm putting my hand up for that one. That was me. And there was always the kid that wanted to fly, or it was always the kid that wanted to be super strong, or you know whatever it was. But you couldn't have everything, right? And you couldn't be Superman because he's got everything, and it's just not. It doesn't work. And I think my biggest fear is, and we will talk about it in another part, about Batman versus Superman, and I don't know the comic books like you do, is that I can't see how they would that would play off. Do you know what I mean? I, I can't see how anyone would ever match up to Superman bar his random, you know, disgruntlement with Kryptonite. Disgruntlement. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, it's 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 the pain. It comes along now and again. It slows him down a bit. He usually finds a way around it because he's got everything in his locker. You know, he can fly. He's super strong. He's super quick. Yeah, laser vision, X-ray vision. Has he got wind power? He's got everything. It's just, it's just insane. Well, he's you know got I mean? like super breath. Yes. So yes. He pretty much has. He's got he's got all of the major things apart from invisibility. But when you've got X-ray vision you don't need to exactly you, you can be the seedy boy in the playground with yeah. x-ray vision that's fine um, as, lo- as long as it can it's... still be seedy that's fine <laughs> but for me that was the biggest problem with it and i think i had that problem as a kid as well i, I don't remember ever watching a superman film because I, I think me and you from a generation i'm 31 you're 34 exactly i don't think we were old enough to appreciate that when Superman came out, it was quite revolutionary. No, de- definitely um, not. I mean, look, looking at the special effects that were around in, in 78, yes. for all intents and purposes, Christopher Reeve was flying. And, yeah. And that, that was revolutionary. And it was. A, a, couple of, a couple of points on the casting. Marlon Brando as Jor-El oh, is, is superb. Just, 
<laughs> exactly. Quite how they got him, I don't know. And then uh, Gene that's Hackman. That's his career, maybe, but yeah. Gene Hackman is Lex Luthor. Oh, it's just, yeah, and Hackman's such a legendary actor. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you've got to look at it from that perspective. And we, we talked about how revolutionary Batman um, and Batman Returns was, but you look at that and you're going back 10 years plus, and it's even more so. You're getting cast like that and you get an effects like that and you get in a soundtrack like that and, just, and that's that's the thing isn't it that's the thing that keys everyone off someone that i'd actually completely forgotten terence stamp was general oh, zod really i completely forgot terence stamp jesus because i really do like terence stamp and i just oh yeah yeah i think i've pretty much wiped the superman films out of my brain I think that's the same with me. I, so, I just sorry to anyone that's listening. They, please do do engage us on yeah, Twitter about this. What, but we're more what than I happy to like be educated. To do, what I'd like to do at some stage is do a. I think post Batman versus Superman is doing a bit of a bit of a face off on the on the pod. Um, Stu versus maybe Gags because Gags is a Superman fan and will probably be kicked off after this show so if you've enjoyed our last two <laughs> pods then great but we won't be back sign the um, petition exactly you know freedom of speech and all that but uh, it's it's just for us it's just not I think it's not our era and as much as I can appreciate parts of it I just I just can never really fully get on board and I think that was the fears going into you know to <laughs> another superman film and and they do keep remaking them and i think we touched upon kind of the, the problem of spider-man films the same issue for me occurs with the superman films is that every time they remake them it's the same story yeah it's done to death i mean you can ask anyone the most casual film fan in the world yeah and they will be able to tell you superman's backstory and his origin and they'll even, even right down to a lot of them would be able to tell you you know the, the Kents have got a farm and they'll be able to tell you where it is in his mum and dad's name because it's been done for like the last 30 years. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, it's been overdone. It, it, it's by far that he's, it, it's saturated. Superman's it's, been done to death. Yeah, Superman and Spider-Man are the two that, that need a shake-up. Like yeah, a, definitely. A severe shake-up. Um, and I think Spider-Man's getting it, which is good because they're telling a slightly different and well know. yeah they're, they're dropping him back to being something like 16 17 years old so that they're avoiding the the origin but they're going back to yeah. working out the powers and what have you and I, I don't know if anyone could really do that with superman because no. it, it was literally being done from birth up to full adulthood yeah and our friends on the box um which so greatly love smallville i just can't get on board I, I just, I just, you know, I remember watching it and thinking, yeah, this would be great. And and actually, the the thing it does, which it can do on a TV series over a long period of time, is maybe introduce some more villains a little bit. Um, it can introduce his powers a little bit more slowly, which is is a bit more interesting because he's not perfect. Yeah, it's more um, believable, isn't it? He tries to fly and he'll fall on his ass and what have you. Yeah, exactly. But I still, as the main lead, I just can't. He's just too wooden for me, and it's it's just a bit too, you know. Um, we're going to go on in separate pods and talk about modern DC TV, but you know, you compare a Smallville to The Flash, and I know The Flash is only a series and a half in, but it's just—I just can get so much on board with it. It's just the pacing and the drama and, and the, the visuals and everything. You know, The Flash gets his powers, and, and although he develops them, it very much is a—he can run fast, and that's the premise. Yeah, but that's—but he needs to learn to harness it, and he's, he's beatable. You know, the Flash, that's the big thing about him. He's not perfect. And, and he um, constantly, I mean, even through his life, even when Barry Allen, we're seeing a young Barry Allen. Yes. Even when he gets into his 30s and, you know, late 30s, he's still learning new tricks. He's always trying to get faster. Yeah. Because the faster that, he gets, the, the, the more control he has over things like time travel. Yeah, I think when you're a kid, you know, when, when we talk about why we kind of love this genre and why we kind of love these films and, and what it means to be, and I, I obviously talk about, talked about my dad and stuff and his influence and um, talk about my son, and you can see from, from you know, my son loves Spider-Man because what wouldn't be cooler than swinging around the city, do you know what I mean, and, and, and just shooting webs and, yeah. and, and telling kind of, you know, he's obviously has a, a lot of fun with it and enjoys himself and, and you can see that, but Superman's just too perfect. It's just too, it's, you know, there's nothing to learn. There's, you know, whenever you watch, 
we talked about Batman before, you know, Bane breaks his back. You know, he can be hurt. He's human. I mean, he's, he's obviously very technically gifted and, and, and has a lot of very cool instruments and great suit and all the rest of it. But he's he's human. He can be hurt, whereas Superman can be hurt by a rock. And that yeah. just doesn't work with me. It's, it's the whole outer space thing. Um, and we talked a bit. You know, Hulk doesn't really come into that because, and he should to an extent, but with Hulk, because he's got a human side and because it's so well portrayed recently by yeah. by Mark Ruffalo and you can kind of feel the emotion from there because he's such a good actor, it works. But with Superman, I just don't think anyone's ever really grasped it since those early films. No, Christopher Reeve is still the the benchmark against which everyone else is compared. Yeah. Brandon Routh was... He was too funny in in Superman Returns. He he was a bad bit of casting, but he he's now found his feet as as the Atom. He's much better suited to this. He is, yeah, he is. He is much better suited. I'd agree with that. And, um, the, the, and he, the he's done quite a few interesting things now. with his career. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I I am just. I Henry Cavill is is wooden. He, yeah, he, he's a boring actor playing a boring character in a very boring way. Yes. And I, I don't see how he was supposed to be the one that was going to breathe new life into a very, very played out and tired franchise. Yeah. And I think the thing for you, you're such a big DC fan. And I think that the DC comics are so exceptional. And I think I am completely, you're a massive Arrow fan and we are going to do pods on the Arrow and the Flash. And I'm really pleased they got that right. I just think Marvel's just got so much more connected to to its fan base and to what the audience wants. And, and I think you've got to give that to Disney, like we said before, because, you know, Star Wars is very much the same. You know, it's, uh, we we both loved the new film. Talked about it um, a little bit on Twitter and, and stuff, but we we both loved it. But my little boy is desperate to watch Star Wars, and he, he doesn't even know what it is. Yeah, and and it's marketed in that way. It's like with superheroes, with Marvel. You know, Batman is Batman. So everyone everyone knows Batman. It's it's he is, you know, it's Mister DC. It's that universe, but he knows every single you know, main Avenger. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't know any of the others that come into the DC universe. There's, there's no kind of relevance to the Green Lantern and, and the terrible film that we probably will talk about um, briefly, but we, we're going to go on again in another pod and discuss massive comic book failings of films. Yeah, that's going to be um, fun. That's yeah. going to be a good chance to get off a few years with Fantastic this theme. Four, yes, we're looking at you and, you know, there's various others that, yeah, things like Fantastic Four, you know, my dad loved as a kid and and they've gone and murdered it several times over. Um, and I think that's the, the key is it's it's having the right people in charge. And I think Warner Brothers have done a, a really good pick-me-up of, of the Batman franchise and I just worry in the direction it's going because I'm not a massive Zack Snyder fan, I'll be honest. It's too it's too CGI, it's too polished, it doesn't it doesn't have the edge that, say, a Tim Burton film would have done. Um, and I think a Nolan film would point towards a Tim Burton film rather than that modern, yeah, I'm, o- over-sleek look. I'm not a huge Zack Schneider fan, to be honest. I'm, I'm just going to jump back a few years because I've just been looking through the, uh, the DC film chronology and I, I can't even mention Supergirl because I think I've seen it once and I can't remember, but I'm no. going to assume that it was crap. I would imagine so. Did you ever see, in 1997, Steel starring Shaquille O'Neal? I did not, but I want to. I can understand why. It it comes from um, the the graphic novel series, The Death of Superman. Right. Long story short, if anyone does want to read a, a Superman graphic novel series, which is good, you want The Death of Superman, World Without a Superman, and The Return of Superman. There are three a three series and they're all really meaty graphic novels, Sounds but they're good. really good because Superman gets the shit knocked out of him by Doomsday. He clinically dies. Cool looking character. Yeah. Yeah. Doomsday is really he's genetically yeah. engineered. Every time he, he, he's created by an ancient Kryptonian scientist and he's basically created to die. And every time he dies, he retains the memories of the pain of the death and the life that he's lived. See, so that's a good villain. Every right time there. he comes back, 
he becomes more and more single-minded and focused and he just becomes a being of pure rage. He's huge. He's got bone growth sticking out of him. He's got almost claws. They stick out of his knuckles and his head. And he, he beats the shit out of Superman. And when Superman dies, there are several other people who take up the mantle of Superman. You've got Superboy. One of them is a guy called the Eradicator. I won't bore you with all of those because I could be here for the next hour. Yeah. There's the cyborg Superman. And then one of them is this guy called Steel. Is it, right. that that's the name he adopts? And he is literally just a construction worker and he makes himself <laughs> a Superman suit out of steel. And, and his why, weapon. Why is a, wouldn't you need to, you know, uh, cast Shaquille O'Neal in? Well, exactly. And he, he makes himself this suit out of steel. His weapon is a giant hammer that's used for driving rivets. And he's got oh, like this amazing. this gauntlet around his wrist that shoots rivets. And it, in the comics, he's actually good because it's the human touch. It's going back to the realism of Batman. It isn't yeah. completely unrealistic to think that you could make yourself a steel suit if you were a big, muscly, burly guy and go around the streets stopping muggers and what have you. It, it's got that that human touch to it. But it's I can't ever think. I can't ever think I've seen a film score on IMDb 2.7 out of 10 yeah. um, for Steel. That's that's pretty good. I think Batman and Robin comes pretty close to that. But And in, in terms of cost, bearing in mind this is off Wikipedia, so take it with a pinch of salt, its budget was $16 million, and at the box office it took 1.7. Oh, my God. So it made God. nearly 10 times less than it cost. So wow. by any standards, that is a monumental flop. That is the flop, I would imagine, because I think Batman and Robin probably still made money. Batman and Robin, Batman and Robin made twice 3. what it cost. 7, 3.7 out of 10, and but the critics give it 2.8 out of 10. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people say it's the worst film they've ever seen. But, you know, what can you do? If it made money, it made money. Yeah. Um, and it did make money. It made double what you'd expect. But yeah. going going back to it, you know, budget $125 million, made about 240 You look at those original Batman films, $50 million budget, $400 million made or whatever. Yeah. It's just, it's incredible. You know, you've got to give them their dues. Rel- relatively <laughs> speaking, Batman and Robin, for the money it made, made, by any standards, making twice what a film cost isn't really good enough. No, You've got no. to be making more than that. No, having looked at the Batman, actually, they reckon the estimate's probably $35 million, the original budget. <laughs> That's crazy. And then it made 413 plus That's million. crazy. Exactly. That's just insane. You know, it's... That's what modern cinema has become as well. It, it's a money-making franchise. I mean, if you look at Batman Returns, it cost eighty million, you know, and it, it made two hundred eighty-two. But that's not a bad return on a on a film again. But the original Batman, and it's, film, it's a sequel as well. And everyone knows that the second film is the hardest one to get right. Oh, completely, yeah, completely. And I think that's why we, we we're not talking a lot about them. But with the the, the modern Batman films, the middle film the sequel is the one they absolutely nailed and I mean, um, star wars empire strikes back yeah and for me when I, if i was ever demonstrating the difficult second film i would always hold up empire as the yeah. shining example of how when you get it right you just get it right yeah and they do because if, if you've got the script in place and you've got the source material in place you know you've got the, the characters already developed a lot of the times with the second film, you can probably have a bit of fun with it. Do you know what I mean? You, you can you can make the film that everyone wanted the first one to be. If you ever get it wrong, we can do a couple of these. Um, the Matrix, uh, yeah. Revolutions is the second one, is it? Probably the worst sequel um, up there, considering the original and how good the original is. Genuinely atrocious compared when you compare it yeah, to the first when one. You I mean, the first it. one was groundbreaking. Yeah, but the second one's just just horrific i'm struggling to think of many other seconds that have bombed that hard but there there are a lot do you know what i mean and, and it's it's a challenge and a half are we going to do green lantern a little I, bit I'll, i briefly will i'm not really going to give catwoman the 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 time of day because oh is that the horrific Halle berry film? yeah, I, yeah I, i'm terrible. not i'm in a in a bit of a minority because i don't actually like Halle berry at all i think she's bad yeah i mean it's it's weird when a an actress or an actor wins an Oscar and and then they go on to be that terrible at films. But yeah, she's pretty awful. She, and I, she I really, really was. Not, I, she's terrible. And, but also, I really don't like her storm. 
I don't. X Men as well. I don't. A lot of a lot of um, people seem to love her. I thought she was what if Anna Packing wasn't in the X Men films, Halle Berry would have yeah. been the worst character in it. Yeah, and the problem with Anna Packing is, is, is needs a I punch. Don't know, she needs a punch, but <laughs> she's actually done some good films prior to these X Men films. She did do some good films. She was quite a good little young indie actress, and then her career's just you know gone True Blood and disappeared. Yeah, I was going to say, from, um, from friends of mine that have watched True Blood, I believe yeah. she was very, very good in that, but the vampire thing is so dead it's, to me, I couldn't give it the time of day. No, exactly. So it, it's just not... Yeah, X-Men, X-Men, I think, will do at some point. And I, I know it's Marvel, but it, it's it's a funny one, X-Men, because I just don't think they've... You know, the newer ones I really like, but... I think I we, we need to. It, it's quite a big... It's huge, and the comic book is huge. It the comic books fifteen years. So, it, in terms yeah, the comic of comic books, are just monumental. And, yeah, and they are going to make a Gambit film, which, if it's great, it's great because I love Gambit as a kid. Um, but it could really bomb. It's it's how they get it right. That could be one for the the all time Hall of Fame of bad comic book films if they um, if they if they flop it like I worry they might do. And that that um, really does segue nicely into Green Lantern. <laughs> I haven't seen Green Lantern from the the merit of it being so bad. It it made $20 million more than it cost. Jesus Christ. That's $200 million it cost. And And films now, you've got to look at, I mean, they won't even either look at a sequel, they won't even look at even, you know, because with these films, you've got to think they want a franchise. Do you know what I mean? Everyone wants um, a trilogy, don't they? Yeah, because you, you, nobody makes the, the art of the singular film is dead now. Everything's a trilogy. Yeah, because I mean, I, I'm a big Scott Pilgrim fan, which is a comic book, but that just didn't really hit in terms of audience. I mean, it made money, and it's a bit of a slow burner. It's kind of one of those films that people liked when it hit general release DVD and yeah. Blu-ray and stuff. But um, but that's up there with one of those that just it didn't really fall. It fell, it fell on deaf ears because they didn't market it right. I think you've got to look at marketing with a lot of these things that we keep saying that Marvel, Disney kind of nail it all the time, but they bloody well do. Do you know what I mean? They, they That's... It, it's their best thing. They, they're they able to take, I mean, they're not just able to take great characters and market them. They're able to no. take rubbish characters yeah, like you, Ant-Man. Ant-Man. I knew you were going to say Ant-Man, but that's bang on, man. It's, Ant-Man it's w- was one of the best films they've done. It was one of the most surprisingly enjoyable films I've it's seen. It's fun, man. Around that's a character a... that I wouldn't give the time of day to Ant-Man. And, uh, yeah, I was talking about Ant-Man with people at work today, funnily enough, and a few people said, look, I'm not watching it because it's, it's, it's called Ant-Man, and it yeah. sounds ridiculous, but I'm like, just give it the time because it's got Paul Rudd, which is always a good selling Yeah, Paul, any Paul Rudd could sell ice to Eskimos. Exactly. Um, and and Michael Douglas and, and, you know, and the rest of it. But it's just, it's, it's a brilliant film. And, and Guardians of the Galaxy, is, it's kind of very much the same. Um, and it's, we're, we're going to do a whole pod on Guardians and you won't shut me up, probably at least for an hour about the soundtrack and then the rest of the film. But again, it's a, it's a film that did so well, but with relatively unknown actors, with a kind of crazy director who's, who's awesome, um, yeah, he, he's definitely... I don't know if you've seen, the, the have you seen his video James blog. Gunn. Have you seen James Gunn's video blog recently? He does uh, quite... Not he, recently, no. He talked about, about um, Civil War, which is why I thought you might have seen it. But he's basically him, you know, looks like he's just got out of bed, filming himself for 10 minutes, chatting away, answering questions on Twitter. You know, he's a man of the people. It's it's quite nice. You know, we, we, we did say about Marvel and getting directors right, and we said about DC and where they've got the kind of directors right. Zack Schneider's the worry for me because I can see why he'd be a DC director, but following Nolan in any capacity, I mean, Nolan is the work of genius to, to think he could do Batman the way it should be done. And it's it's catapulted Batman into such a, you know, it's probably given the leg up for all of the superhero franchises that have followed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because Batman just smashed records and opened up worlds that, that modern cinema went, Christ, not only is it, popular it makes money it makes a shitload of money makes a shitload of money and it also sells figures and toys yeah and everything i mean the the merchandise has exploded i mean you've only got to look past the disney store now and the whole front of a disney store is half marvel and half star wars exactly 
Yeah, exactly. You're, and you're, you're going, talking to you know, the biggest film franchises in history. Go in a Lego shop, and half the wall is now is related to film or yeah. related to Marvel, and half my house is now related to Lego <laughs> Marvel yeah. and Lego DC. Um, and that's that's essentially it. You know, it's it's the merchandise. It's just so good as well now. Do you know what I mean? And it's so, you know, my little boy's got half a Captain America shield. There's a light sticking out of his wall and stuff. And I love those. I wanted to get yeah. the uh, the Mjolnir one. Yeah, exactly. It's just, they're just days. You know, it's, it's, it's what you, when you're a kid and you kind of look at the way the film industry's gone and you look at the way these kind of films are now, the effects and the acting and the budgets and, and, and obviously watching it in 3D or if you don't like 3D, fair enough, but on the IMAX or whatever you want to watch it, um, all stands up to what they wanted it to be when you were younger. So the effects match everything, all the kind of, you always got action figures as a kid, I know. Yeah, but they're all just so much better now, and everything's so much more robust and so it's much all just cool. more interesting. Yeah, and you know, my little boy's got little outfits, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you had all that as a kid, but they look like they're made by a group of nanas or whatever. And now, now they look <laughs> like they're they're machined, and you know, you got parts that light up and effects and sounds, and it's it's all much more immersive. Do you know what I mean? And I think. I know we, we always will creep back to Marvel a little bit, but I think they just nail it on that front. And I think DC get a lot right. And I think DC still got a load of scope and obviously still got all the source material. Um, and we will talk a lot about the flash and the green arrow in future. Cause we do both enjoy them very much. Yeah. Um, but I just don't think it's, it's just not used them enough with the exception of the modern Batman films and the original Batman. No, it, it it's not it's just really cement, and and the the Superman stuff's just been badly, badly played and let down over the years. You know, it's just yeah. not really capitalised on it. To um, just uh, to just finish off on on Green Lantern, the yes. on, only positives I can make visually, it was very very good. It it, it did look great. I bet it did. And considering it, it's based on an, on another planet and it's a very expansive thing, it looked great. Ryan Reynolds is very good. And I and like, Ryan Reynolds is almost for me like Paul Rudd. If we're going on the yeah. similar, you know, very good comedic background, very good comedic timing, very likable, you know, attractive guy suits the kind of superhero model. Um, yeah, he but, is, he, he's attractive. He's well built. He's convincing that he could beat the living shit out of someone. But but I haven't the, seen it to know how badly the, they famous, lost but, it. I mean, the, the biggest thing that a lot of people criticise is the fact that the suit was CGI. So every oh, time he's wearing the suit, it looks stupid. Yes. That rather than just putting him in a latex suit, it's all projected onto him. So it looks, it doesn't even look believable that he is no. wearing a suit or an eye mask. The interesting one to come, I don't know if anyone's ever seen Entourage. I know, again, on the box, I keep referring back to these boys, but big fans of, of I hope they're doing these kind of references for us. I know, I really... They don't do enough recording. They're too lazy. (laughs) Um, But in Entourage, he's he's Aquaman. Um, He he picks up a big film part by Aquaman and and there's talk about him maybe reprising the role, the the guy that plays the main lead in in Entourage. And obviously that's that's not happened. Um, And in the film... Uh, you should watch on track. It's a good watch, but um, he basically he picks up Aquaman and it goes it goes huge. Um, and it's directed by uh, the guy that did Avatar, James Cameron. Obviously, can't remember his name when it came back to me. And there was talk that if that ever existed, and and when that came out, it was you know lots of years ago now when it started on track, um, and that they might make an Aquaman film, and it's actually happening. Um, and I believe is it Game of Thrones actor who plays. The lead, you might know this. Um, is it not Carl? Is it not Carl? Is it not Khaleesi's first? Oh, sorry, yeah, J- uh, Jason Momoa. Yes, I don't is know why. Not? I don't know why his name escaped me. No, but he's he's playing Aquaman, isn't he? Is he that is. Not... He act, he's he's got a, a cameo in Batman versus Superman, but he's been cast as Aquaman in the Justice League film going forward is it just a justice league film or is it an there's a solo league i think he's getting a i think he's getting an aquaman film but it's hard to follow what they're doing because they seem to have just pulled 15 different films out thrown them all at a board and gone oh well we'll just make all of them in the next five years and that's what i'm trying to i think that's what we keep trying to get back to um this scattered approach just doesn't work you're a dc fan oh i'm a dc fanboy 
yeah, and your DC background is it, it, more comic book related and, and all the stuff. And, you know, I've got links with all the, the Batman games and all the stuff that come out that side. And I love it all, but I just don't ever think they'll get it right in the way that it is just scattergun. It's just insane the way they are putting things together in, in film. And I think Zack Snyder just doesn't, doesn't help that. Forgive me, but is Watchmen DC? Watchmen is... I think it is. No, no, actually. It, well, it, it's technically DC. I think it's it's it fall to go. It's else? like a yeah. It, it's a more adult version of of DC comics. Because I think Zack Snyder did Watchmen, but I might sound a bit daft if that's not the case. Um, let me check. But he did, and he did Watchmen, and I really like Watchmen. It's it's really alternative. It's not for everyone. I know that. And again, the casting's kind of slightly out there and um, and the script and the way it plays out. And it's it's quite dark, quite edgy. Um, my only hope, a little bit for, for Batman vs Superman, is that it might go down. I, I, it might I don't incorporate think it those kind of... Well, it's, too, it's too big blockbuster, isn't it, to, it, to do it is. that? The, and I think Marvel have the set the stall out now. Did, I, I think DC will get it right. But by the time they get it right, Marvel will already have probably fifteen to twenty blockbuster smash hits under their and belt. And I think that's the thing we we said before. Ant Man is is a is a massive hit, and it's a tiny tiny film. You did, you wouldn't expect it to, to be a massive hit. It's and and that's the thing. Everything they've got coming out now, you know, Civil War or, might not eclipse. Avengers might not eclipse Age of Ultron because it doesn't have all the characters. Well, it has most of the characters in it. But the way they market it, and it's going to be heavy loaded straight after Deadpool comes out, it's going to be heavy, heavy, heavy marketed. Um, and I think if they nail it, that's going to be a massive hit for them this year. And I think Deadpool is going to be it. I, I think Deadpool, well. Deadpool is going to be the, the hit of the year. I really, I've got such high hopes for it. I do. I'm just a bit... I've got a couple of concerns that it might be trying a little bit too hard to be funny. And if you watch the trailers, it's obviously, it, it plays out really well. Just don't know how much they're giving away already. But the introduction of a few quite key um, alternative X-Men um, characters was quite interesting, actually, in the last trailer. So it might go a little bit different to, to what I expected, but I'm excited about it. And I think um, Ryan Reynolds will get his good he hits. will he, he'll he get his retribution he will and and he deserves it because i think he's i think we said like paul rudd was quite a bold decision because you just didn't expect it and there's quite a lot of other actors up for for um ant-man actually because obviously it's a good part to be involved in and, and it, well it's ev- everyone wants the to door. be in the marvel films now exactly. don't they people are stepping over the, each other to to get them Exactly, um, and DC to, for me just doesn't feel like it's got that same same draw about it. And and I like Jesse Eisenberg, but Jesus Christ, I'm fearful of him. He, in a he's not a convincing Lex, Lex Luthor. He really no. isn't at all. No, I mean, Ga- the, Gal Gadot. It seems a good a good piece of casting. She she she's every inch yeah. the visual Wonder Woman. Yeah, but she's it, with her, Wonder it's all going to come down to the fight scenes because Wonder Woman is an Amazonian warrior. Oh, exactly. So she's yeah. got to be able to knock seven shades out of anyone and anything that comes her way. So if her fight scenes are a bit wooden, then it falls on its arse. It does. Which means it the does. Justice League film falls on its arse, which, which would be a big a big shame, yeah. really, because Wonder Woman is one of DC's strongest characters. Oh, but very much so. They and, just and, haven't got haven't the balls, it. no pun intended, to yeah. market a film with a woman lead character. They just won't do it. They don't. And I'm hoping Marvel do with Black Widow eventually. Well, Marvel um, have already I got one coming out with, with Captain Marvel. Oh, of course. So that, that's due yeah, for something and like... And Captain Marvel, I think, will be quite big within the um, second, I think the second Avengers, you know, film, I think. Yeah, it, it's possi- that arc's possibly going to lead into um, the second part of the Infinity Saga. Yeah, I think so. Um, and, I, you know, the thing for me is I'm not an expert in this. I'm just... I'm just a fan. Do you know what I mean? And I think I, I know quite a bit about film and stuff, but I'm not like you. I don't have the, the kind of background in it to the same extent, but I think, I don't think you need to anymore. I mean, that the, the, the thing with it is there's so much information to be had, even if you just follow a decent few Twitter accounts, but more so if you, you go and read on the internet and you look things up and, and develop further into it. And, and that's what it's doing. It's kicking off a kind of, either a second generation of people, uh, you know, of me kind of kickstarting my 
second generation of enjoying all these kind of franchises anyone who has kids or, or anyone who loved it when they were younger and then obviously the whole new generation and then just a massive market outside of that you know girlfriends and wives and everything else will go to watch these films do you know what i mean it's because i think for for a period you'd think oh, it's quite a, a boyish thing do you know what i mean quite a male well yeah my um my, my missus uh, it has got no real interest in comic book films but no. she's watched every superhero film that's been released even the crap ones and now she wants to go and watch Deadpool, exactly. and, and she can't wait for Civil War. She's really looking forward to it because she's re- she enjoys them just as films. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, you can take them on the commercial level that they're just a, a wonderful film. Yeah, or you can take it deeper that see they've got a load of new content, and then there's guys like me and you and lots of others that will sit down and want to talk about them and, and develop into them and, and learn more about them and stuff. And, and that's why we're doing this, really, what we're doing. So um, are we pushing time? We've just gone over an hour, so I think that's probably a logical place to wrap up because we, we, we've still got a lot of ground that we can cover, but with, with, with some of the pods we've got coming up, the, the next one that we're going to be doing uh, for anyone that's listening episode is going to be the, the first half of The Walking Dead. So that'll be seasons one to three. Yeah. And then at some point, yeah. we're going to try and get a 2016 film preview done. So that's going to yeah. be Deadpool, Civil War, uh, the new X-Men film, allegedly Gambit, uh, Doctor Strange. Gambit won't the end happen, of the but year. Doctor Strange looks exciting. We, we, we've got something like eight films to preview. So Yeah, you want to talk about casting, you put Benedict Cumberbatch in it. Oh film. yeah, you're just genius. It really um, is. He, he's on. He's on. Because I was, I was. It needs to be a formal I was scale for now. Joaquin Phoenix, but Joaquin Phoenix would have just been out there. But it might have been great, or it could have been terrible. But I think with Cumberbatch in safe hands, do you know what I mean? So yeah, um, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do 2016 previews. We hoped. Um, we've got lots to lots to cover. I'm desperate to do Guardians of the Galaxy, if you can't tell. Um, and we're also going to talk about all the great TV on Netflix and and the stuff released by dc recently yeah. that's, that's so so popular and so good so and, and loads more you know we we as i said open suggestions always happy people want to come on and chat with us there's so many people that keep coming out and you know posting pictures of comic book issues and, and talking about their favorite comics and stuff and and that's what it, it does to people but it, it's obviously there's a more mass level to it not just you know we're not just comic book you know, I'm not, Stu's got a bit of it. And, and, you know, we want to bring people on with that kind of level of knowledge and, and share some information and we'll hope share some wisdom, but not spoilers. Yeah, true. So good stuff. Yeah. I think we'll call it a night there then. Right. Till next time guys. Yeah. Thanks very much. Cheers. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.